Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Paul Dettino. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes as we're here to break down all the latest with respect to the New York Giants. And today, obviously, we'll be focusing on the release of the schedule late last week. And a reminder, multiple ways you can interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You can find us on Twitter as well, hashtag GiantsChat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So I know you and Howard were on Friday's program. It did talk a little bit about the schedule, but yes. I figured we get a little bit more into detail with respect mm-hmm. to what lies ahead for the Giants. And Paul, you and I have had conversations off the air, and individuals who have been following this show have heard me say this on the air, where... We're not about looking at the schedule and saying, oh, man, the stretch from week 14 through week 17 is just absolutely (laughs) brutal because we have no idea what those teams are going to look like in week 14 and beyond. And the Giants learned that the year, unfortunately, Daniel Jones got hurt, right? That completely changed the dynamics Mm -hmm. of this team. So opponents are the same thing. But it is fair to look at travel to look at geography, the time of the year that maybe a team is coming to you or you're visiting a team. Now, with that being said, I think obviously the optics, the biggest takeaway from the schedule at first look is, wow, the Giants are going to have to be road warriors right out of the gates with seven games on the road in their first 10. Now, on the flip side, Paul, that means the second half of the season, you're going to be home Mm -hmm. for the majority of the slate. So there is a trade-off from that standpoint, but there's no doubt about it. Giants are going to be traveling a whole lot for a good portion of the first half of the season. Well, yes, but, you know, I I will say this. And, you know, the other day when I put up my schedule analysis, and you're right, by the way, and and folks, let's understand one thing. Uh, While you cannot pick your opponents because the league does that for you, and you cannot pick the timing of those games. You can make recommendations, though. Yes, Yes. and you cannot pick the injury reports (laughs) either as you approach those particular teams. Um What you can do is try to logistically deal with the different quirks and the different types of hurdles that the league throws you in terms of the start times, the air travel, um, the locations, and maybe pairing games together like the Giants will do with Arizona and San Francisco in the first month of the season. And that brings me back to your point. 
Yes. The Giants do have seven road games in the first 11, I believe. Correct. Yeah, it's seven of 10 if you dismiss the Dallas game. But it's seven of 11 in terms of you including, obviously, week one. Right. Because they're home for week one. Right. Yeah. But the Arizona and San Francisco uh, trips become one trip because they're going to make one trip out there and stay in Tucson. And then the second game of that doubleheader is on Thursday. It's not a Sunday-Sunday. It's a Sunday-Thursday. So John Mara had made that request of the league, and they went for it. Sure. So they've only got the four-day layover uh, till they get the second part of that game. So that kind of mitigates some of the hassle of one of the West Coast trips. Yep. Then I think the other thing that's very important to know, too, Lance— um, the uh, the two late return landings where the Giants have primetime games on the road, followed by a Monday night home game against Seattle, which is a favorable logistical situation. Also, following one of the other primetime games on the road, they've got a Sunday game in Washington, which is also a very favorable logistical situation because it's just a mini train ride right down the East Coast. And Buffalo's not a long trip to come back Correct. from, too, also. So so these are all kinds of things. And I, I had put this up on my Twitter last week when actually the schedule came out. But, but more to your point, and this is the one I wanted to mention more so than anything else, um, there are... Road games in weeks five, six, and seven. But those trips are minimized because they are Miami, Buffalo, and Washington. Three very, very mild logistical issues. All East Coast trips. I mean, they train to Washington. Buffalo is a short little puddle jumper to Buffalo. And even Miami isn't really that much of an imposition flying down to Florida. So... Here they are with three road games in a row, but they're really not having to deal with a lot of travel logistics for those three games. So, to me, I get when people are like, oh, too many road games the first half of the schedule. No, actually, if you're going to have that many road games, this is probably the best schedule you could come up with. Well, from a geographical standpoint, yes. your point is, yeah. I mean, you're going to Las Vegas in week nine, but that's after Arizona, San Francisco, back-to-back. So there's a little breathing room in between it mm-hmm. in terms of those road trips. And yeah, everything else. But we knew that going in, Paul, because we already saw the opponents that they were going to have to travel to. So you knew outside of the three West Coast road trips, wasn't going to be overbearing and the benefit of having them back-to-back, plus to your point on a short week. And here's the other thing. I think you alluded to this, but I want to expand more on it. After the back-to-back West Coast road trip, you have your mini-buy mm-hmm. because it's Thursday to Monday. Correct. So you have even more time to regroup, recalculate, get back to East Coast time. So I think that setup is extremely beneficial as well. And speaking of buys, they have an extremely late buy, one of the two latest buys 13. this season, week 13. But after that, you've got five games, three of which are at home, which is what I was talking about because you're playing mm-hmm. so many road games at the beginning, you then benefit from being home. And that means that... We don't know how meaningful these games are going to be at the end of the year. Once again, too early to speculate. But a team like the Rams, they're going to have to come to the East Coast cold weather on New Year's Eve. Now, the Eagles, they're used to the weather, so I don't think that's a benefit. But a Rams team, right, that's used to being out on the West Coast, coming to you in cold weather, I think you'll welcome that. That's not a complaint. Five straight NFC games to close out the schedule, which could be key to the wild card race. Absolutely. Now, obviously, the two... Philly games in the final three weeks could be key to the division. But if you're talking about a possible wild card, 
Well, five NFC games to finish it out means you're going to be able to you know, make hay within the conference by conference tiebreakers to try to make a late, a late run. And I think the, the other really big thing, and there are a bunch of things. Again, I put the whole list on my Twitter at GiantsWFAN, positives and negatives. But the other big one for me was Miami and Buffalo are both in mid-October. Buffalo, you don't want to go there in December. Yeah. You don't want to go to Miami in September when it's 95 degrees. No, it'll still, I'm sure, be mild in Miami in the early stages of October. It's but, not but that But to late. be frank, they did mitigate some of the dramatic weather you might have faced by having both of those games in October. Sure. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and once again, it's not as if the majority of the players are also not used to being in cold weather, even if they had to play Buffalo later on the season. For example, Paul, they're going to New England on November 26th. I mean, New England's a wild card. You don't know what the weather's going to be like around that time of the year. So I don't, I never really Bu- equated Buffalo the weather into being Buffalo a Buffalo tends to be a little bit more disastrous, though. Just just last year, we heard of a six foot snowstorm that hit Buffalo. Of course. But I mean, hey, okay. you, you get I, New no, England I, snow I, in November, though. I mean, that's not You, you can, you can, but I don't think you're getting the six feet that you got. In no, Buffalo you may not. But year. what I'm saying is, it, whether it's six feet or it's two inches, snow is snow, and you still got to play through it, is the point. And wind well, and so forth yeah, and all those factors. Yeah, but there were so. logistics of trying to get to the game. There's logistics of maybe even the game being canceled or moved. And then well, there's but, logistics to try to get home after the game. 100%. This isn't just about field conditions. This is also about the trip itself. No, I, and I get that. I'm looking at it more through the lens of just the field conditions. Well, you're entitled day, to do so. Well, I look at big picture. No, I get it. But there are professionals that work for all of these NFL teams that have navigated far more bigger challenges. Remember, it wasn't too long ago. The Giants, they had a game in Minnesota and the roof mm-hmm. collapsed, if you remember. Yeah. So they had to move that game on the fly. That, was, a, a day that was not a fun situation. I'm not saying it was fun, but what I'm saying is the NFL has a lot of history oh, yeah. in moving and tweaking games if necessary. They 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 can de- hey look they they yeah. battled through a pandemic. That's we, what I'm we saying. Had a, we had a whole yeah. season so, through a pandemic. So, so that, that's great. I'm talking about I will always look at the schedule with the general manager and the and the coach's mentality. Okay? How will these logistics potentially impact the chances of my team to succeed? That's what Parcells taught me to do that years ago. That's why Bill would always say, I want Sunday at 1 o'clock. Bill was religious about that. I want Sunday 1 That's like Sunday Mass. Sunday 1 o'clock, that's when I want to kick off. Well, because it's and, convenient, sure. Yeah, but he wasn't going to get that because the Giants were good. So they had a lot of doubleheader games in those days, you know, where they were the 4 o'clock game. So that was not going to happen. But but Parcells is the one who said to, who taught me that you look at the schedule and you're looking for all the little idiosyncrasies that could logistically cause either travel issues or fatigue issues, or for that matter, uh, although it's a lot easier now because they got all the, the, the videotapes of the games. They're literally, while they're getting on the plane, they got them on a little chip in the computers and the coaches are already breaking down the games while they're flying back. In those days, it was a little bit harder. Well, the technology is different, sure. The technology has yeah. kind of helped that a little bit. But but there are there are logistical things that will definitely r- rattle coaches and will rattle GMs and like oh man they really did a, did us wrong on this. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking from the fans' perspective. I'm not looking for the sideline guys' perspective, whether it's me or Howard Cross. I'm not even looking at it from the players' perspective, like you are. I'm looking at it if I'm football operations. How could this schedule logistically throw a monkey wrench? into what I'm trying to do. That's what I do. 
Well, but I'm sure the GM and the front office is also making sure that the field conditions will be ideal for the game. That's why, to me, it's a bigger issue about is it snowing on the field as opposed to is it snowing the day before and how do they get to the game. That, I think, well, can be navigated. So you don't travel. If you travel well, to travel the games. I travel to other games, though. It may not be these games. I do a lot of traveling. Trust me, Paul. Okay, I understand but, that there could be headaches. Yeah, be, being with the team traveling party, yeah, there are significant. Sure. Like when the Giants had to go to Minnesota last year. All right, I'm not gonna. It was it was minus five when the team party unboarded or deboarded the plane. Okay, that was not fun for anybody. Well, I'm especially the ice, up for that. Sure. the ice that was on the metal stairs as we were trying to get off the plane to get down to the team buses. All you need is for one guy to slip on that ice and snap his ankle, and all of a sudden, guess what? The weather impacted that game, and it had nothing to do with the field. Sure, but something this tells stuff me. happens. I understand that, but I don't think a GM and a head coach are stressing over the potential well, of okay. the railing being slippery in the month of May. It was about the stairs, a game in December. not the railing. Okay, the I'm sorry. I'll be more politically correct. Excuse no, me. No, I'm being. I'm not is, trying to make light of it. But this you're, is specific. You're stressing over things that I think take it to a way extreme. Is my point. And you got there. Did you not get there okay? Yeah. Were you okay? Was the hotel room okay? Were you able to sleep well at night? And actually, you know the funny Were part? The we go back enough there. We go yeah. back there for the playoff game, and the weather was better for the playoff game than so it was for the regular so season So now game. your viewpoint of Minnesota is a lot better. Is that right? You have no beef with the Minnesota people and the natives. Not after that victory, okay, no. so I'm glad. I'm, <laughs> we were concerned. We were overly concerned because of all our Minnesota viewers and listeners. So I'm glad that there's no bad blood to get through. In terms of other takeaways yes. from the schedule. We yes. talked about the road trips. The other thing that's prominent is the fact that they have four primetime games in their first six contests. Right. So there is going to be, to your point, which you were talking about, Bill Parcells wants to play at 1 o'clock on every Sunday. And by the way, I completely support when you work for the team from a broadcasting perspective, I'm all for early starts. Okay. Early starts, early finishes. But in all seriousness, they do have a lot of primetime games, which means you know it's going to be an adjustment with respect to the schedule, because there's going to be quicker turnarounds, at least yes. getting back to the facility, preparing for the next game. Then in the second half of the season, it's only one primetime game against the Packers Monday night, and you do have a few 4 o'clock games. But we expected the 4 o'clock games mm -hmm. because of the fact that they are taking West Coast trips, and you know those games are not going to start at 1. For example, they're playing the Raiders at 425, and we've had Cowboys games because it's the game of the week at 425. Now, the Philadelphia game is on Christmas, so, you know, that's why it's a bit of a late start. That's unusual, but I guarantee you, if they were playing perhaps Philadelphia on a normal Sunday, yes, it could have been prime time, but given the volume of games, that could have very well been a 1 o'clock game. The Giants have played the Eagles at 1 o'clock. That's not out of the usual scheduling that we've seen in previous years. Only seven of the Giants' 17 games are Sunday at 1 o'clock. Seven yeah. out of 17. And normally we see a little bit higher with respect to that. Yeah. Ten or so. Yep. You know but only 7 out of 17. And to be honest, the last game against Philadelphia is actually a flex game right now, as it stands. Yep. Because that's part of the NFL's uh, scheduling formula, which says the last weekend of the regular season, we can bump you to Saturday. And not only Saturday, there's a primetime game on Saturday, too. I mean, it's entirely possible that the Giants and Eagles, that last weekend of the regular season, could wind up being Saturday night. So that or it could be Sunday later in the day too. Later, but it can't be night. I don't believe they 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 don't want to play Sunday night. I don't think. No, this that's year. not. It can't be the case. The Packers and the Lions played. They no, only Sunday this, night football. This year, this year, really? 
Check, 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 check the schedule this okay. year. Okay, no, you may be correct. I didn't hear that. That may have went over my head. I didn't realize. I'm I not mean, sure. Why would they not want a primetime game Sunday night? I'm not sure. Okay. I no, think... you, once again, you, you may be right. I just, I didn't hear that. So. I think, I think what I was told is that the Giants-Eagles would, would not go to Sunday night. It would go to Saturday night if they moved the game. You mean they designated? You're telling me certain Well, no, no, just, that... just the odds. Someone in the TV, not... With the Giants no, no. or the NFL, I hear you. Yeah. Someone with the TV with a TV background said to me, "If the Giants Eagles came out to be a division championship game, don't be shocked if they bump it to Saturday night." No, and I get that, but what I I don't understand is why would Sunday night not be in play, given the fact that I don't know they always want that Sunday night game to be meaningful. Remember for both teams. And the Lions and Packers, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way because Seattle had won and knocked out the Lions. What is the so game? It was a game what for is the, the game as it is now that weekend? They don't. They never have a designated primetime game. The final week of the season we're talking about. Remember, yeah. they always wait. Mm-hmm. Those games are always TBA because they have to wait and see what's meaningful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's possible once again that game could be moved to a yeah, Saturday. They, they kept but it as, t- as they kept yeah, everything's it as TBA. TBA. Final week. They never know in advance because they're always waiting. So. That's why I didn't know that there were any rules. But what I was going to get no, there to... Is, there is no rule on that. I was just told to probably be ready for it. Be ready? Okay. Hey. Perhaps... That's a TV, TV guy telling me that. No, now. listen. If the TV executives want to speculate themselves... <laughs> Here's the problem. I didn't know that. The okay. TV people run a lot of things. No, of course they do. <laughs> but the I never heard of the chances of it being Saturday versus Sunday night at this point before the schedule even starts would be so high from that standpoint. What I did want to say is you were bringing in the flex play. Now, there are two things to notice about this year's schedule. Whether mm-hmm. they relate to the Giants or not remains to be seen. Monday night games could be flexed this year, starting in yes. week 13. Yes. So that means that that Giants-Packers game is in play. That would apply to the flex rule. Yes. So that also would be... Now, once again, I'm not saying that it is going to, but it's possible... The Giants could be one of those teams impacted where a Monday game goes to a Sunday or vice versa. Yes. You're scheduled to play on Sunday. You get moved to Monday. So that's something new. We've never experienced that before. The other thing that's new before I get your commentary on this is multiple teams are playing multiple Thursday night games, which we never saw before. Now, the Giants were not impacted by that. Correct. But you have the Bears, the Saints, and the Steelers are each playing twice mm-hmm. on Thursday Night Football. Interestingly, Paul, and I don't know if you noticed this, I was talking about this on Sirius XM NFL Radio, Pittsburgh got two home games in that scenario on Thursday night. Okay. Whereas the Bears and the Saints, they got split home and road. Okay. Now, we talk about this all the time. The road team is always at a disadvantage on Thursday nights, right? Okay. Always. So for Pittsburgh to get two home games... That wow. is a huge advantage. Now, Didn't even I, look at that. Now, I did an interview with one of the six league executives who puts the schedule together. Now, that was a computer thing. That was not one of those things where Pittsburgh said, all right, we'll play twice on Thursday, but it has to be home. That was just the product. Remember, they put all of these calculations into a computer. Mm-hmm. They get different versions, you know, five, six different versions. They bring them to the commissioner, and they talk things out, and then they settle on the final schedule. But... I know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists. That's why I bring this up. This wasn't one of those things like, okay, let's favor the Steelers. No, because you know there's a lot of people out there, Paul, that think they had it against my team. That's why they wanted to put them in a precarious spot. There's going to be disadvantages. That's the nature of how the computer sometimes tallies things up. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out there because that's also something we've never experienced before. But the Monday night flex could very well affect the Giants because they do have a late season Monday night game. And remember... The Packers were given a lot of primetime games, but we don't know what's going to happen with Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers not there for the first time. 
Yeah, I mean, I look at the Giants' uh, final month or so of the season, and to me, that last game against Philly is the only one that I think could get flexed into prime time. I don't think there's anything else there that has a, a really good chance of getting bumped. Well, I'm only bringing up, once again, the Giants-Packers game, and I'm not saying bumped, meaning to prime time. I'm talking about the reversal. You could see a situation where a game gets bumped out of prime time. Well, the Packers may not flex. be very good. And that's my point. They may, because remember... Broncos-Chiefs late last year was one of those games, right? If we were having this conversation at this time about Broncos-Chiefs mm-hmm. late in the season, what are we thinking? Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes? Not me. Good I chance. thought Wilson was done. Okay. Well, you were in the minority. Congratulations. Oh. We will patch you on Thank the you very much. Okay. I appreciate that. I was talking that. about from a generic sense. Okay? You can see, ladies and gentlemen, we're also getting Paul's takes a year in advance <laughs> of what he thought. Okay? That was a big part of the dialogue today. But anyway, getting back to the point at hand. Denver, Kansas City, I think most people would have said that's going to be a very attractive mm, game later okay. in the season. And it wound up getting bumped. So we could see a situation like that. Now, I would argue there's pros and cons, Paul, whether a game goes from a Sunday to a Monday or Monday to a Sunday. I don't know if there's a huge advantage because if you're playing on Sunday and you're told by the league, and by the way, the league gives teams about a five or a six-week heads up. They may not announce it until two weeks prior, but they're having conversations behind back doors. They tell them you may be in this uh, boat. Exactly. So the reason I want to preface that is because I think the common narrative is, man, that's tough for a team to find out two weeks in advance they get moved from Sunday to Monday. They have an inkling that they could be moved. Correct. Okay. That's true. So I want to make that clear. But you could look at it two ways. You get moved Sunday to Monday. Okay, now you have a quick turnaround, right? The back end, the following week, right? Because you're going from Monday to a shortened week. Okay. And then if you're going from a Monday game to a Sunday game, now maybe your prep work gets cut a little bit, right? Because you thought maybe you'd have the extra day. Either way, there's pros and cons. My point is I don't look at it as you're really putting a team one way or the other in a detrimental position. Well, you are if you're forcing them to take a long flight back on Monday night. Well, sure. But that's very detrimental. Okay, that's fair. But it's going to be a short turnaround no matter how you look at it, whether it's a short flight or a long flight. My point is you're going to get a quick turnaround if you play then on the following Sunday. In terms of days, yes. But, for example, and this happens very often with the Giants, I can only speak firsthand. When you come back from a late-night primetime game, uh, very often those players aren't going to practice for at least two days. All right, they'll get Monday off. Yep, they'll be told to come in late Monday after. Let's say it's a Mon- Let's say it's a Monday well, night. Forget Sunday. Yeah, if you're gonna play Monday. Let's night, say you it's come a, in Let's say it's a Monday night primetime game, and you're coming back from Dallas. Let's just say, all right, there's a real possibility that those players are not coming in until meetings at like three o'clock or four three thirty in the afternoon on Monday. On Tuesday, you mean? On well, Tuesday. We're talking about on Monday Tuesday. Night game. Okay. Uh, Monday night game. Yep. On Tuesday. Yeah. And. And then on Wednesday, they're probably not coming in until late, and they're only doing a walkthrough. Well, and you're also starting to introduce the next opponent okay. on and, Wednesday And well. you're, you're trying to get that stuff going. Yeah. And you, you, you probably have one practice, in all honesty, one really good practice sure. because of the way that it works out. So what you're hoping for, if you've got a primetime game, is that you have an easy logistical road trip. In other words, if you're the Giants, you want to be playing Washington. You want to be playing the Jets. You want to be playing Buffalo, Miami, Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh. Anything that's really somewhat A on the eastern seaboard and hopefully mid-Atlantic and north, you know, because it's a much easier schedule to navigate on the back end of the night game, okay? 
once you add that extra two or three hours of travel time, it's like, no, no, we've got to get those players to recover. We got to get them some sleep. We got to get them some downtime. Yep. And it and it just backs everything up. So it does become a big problem unless it's either a home game or it's a very close road game. Those primetime games are a hassle. No, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, once again, you're playing on Monday night to me no matter where you're traveling. Tuesday is shot regardless because you're going to make sure that the players get some sleep anyway in terms of coming back. I would think that holds true for just about every team. But to apply your logic, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Los Angeles would be those three other games that would be in play. Well, actually, no, I'll remove the Philadelphia game. They're playing on Christmas. They're not moving that game. That's not moving at all. New Orleans or L.A. are the only other two games that could get moved Sunday to Monday. Well, it could be slim, but here's the bottom line. You play the Rams at home anyway, so you're not going to Los Angeles. Right. And New Orleans is not an overwhelming flight. And I don't, I don't the think the game on the 31st is going to be flexed anyway. That is New Year's weekend. Well, there is a Monday night game, though, that week. So that's why I'm keeping that in play, because as long as there's a Monday night game on the schedule, Paul, anything could happen. That's true. Remember, weeks 13 through week 17, those are in play. That's true. But I agree with you. I would say Green Bay, the Giants, which is already on Monday night, is the only game that could be changed. But in that case, they'd be moved out of it. They wouldn't be moved in it mm-hmm. because they're already scheduled. So few little tidbits and takeaways, big picture perspective in terms of what the schedule presents. And in terms of the road trips, you have three pairs of back-to-back road games and one three-straight road trip in terms of Las Vegas, Dallas, and Washington. And a number of teams, by the way, if you monitor the schedule, have three straight road games. The Giants are not the only team in that boat. But that's not a high volume compared to what we saw last year. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 201-939-4513. That is the telephone number. You can also hit us up. Hashtag Giants Chat. Free reminders before we open up the phone lines. Giants Huddle Podcast. You can check that out on your favorite podcast platform or you go to Giants.com slash podcast. As we look ahead to the 2023 season, Giants fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app is Giants TV. It brings you original video content, game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. All right, let's open up the lines. We've got Tom in Stratford. He joins us here on BBKL. What's happening, Tom? What do you got for us? Happy Monday, guys. Same to you. Hi. Um, a couple of quick things. Um, I don't understand why everyone is talking about flying back from uh, from Vegas, coming to New York, and then flying back to Dallas. I think it would make more sense just to stay out there because that's a long flight. Yeah, but that's a full Vegas. week, though. But that's also a full week. Okay. So, so it's not a bad place to yeah, spend Yeah, but, I mean, but Dallas is also not an overwhelming trip, too. I mean, if it was Las Vegas, Arizona, I think you have a stronger case for that as opposed to Las Vegas, come back, you're at your own facility, you use your rooms, your practice fields, and then Saturday late, you head to Dallas. I just, I don't think there's a huge disadvantage to that. 
Yeah, okay. I've, I, you know, being part of the traveling ever, party, I can tell you that the Dallas trip is not regarded as, quote, a West Coast trip. Yeah. you got to go out further than that before you start making adjustments. Okay. Well, do they ever ask the players what they would uh, prefer? No, it's, it's, it's about the coaching. Every coaching staff has a different feel on this. Dan Reeves used to go out to the West Coast two days before. So for a Sunday game, he would take the traveling party out on Friday. Every other okay. coach that I have known believes that you keep your regular travel schedule. You go out the day right. before the game. Coach Reeves thought okay. otherwise. But again, right. now well. he coached in Denver for quite a long time before he came to the Giants. Yep. So he, he just had a different take on it. Right. But okay. normally, to answer and your question, they don't take a poll amongst all the players no. and ask them, okay, raise your hand if you want to stay over. You know, They don't normally do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, one uh, real quick. Um, also, um, there was an article today in the New Jersey uh, newspaper about uh, the Giants offering uh, Saquon. Uh, I think it was three years. Um, first, it was at twelve and a half, and then they bumped it up to thirteen with possible incentives bringing up to fourteen. Now, obviously, I don't know if that's true or not. But if it is true, and he turned that down, uh, he needs a new agent. Really. Well, Tom, um, here's why. Let, let Giants, me, yeah, Tom, let me just jump I'm in the here. Giants, I'm not signing him right before this season because. You don't know if he's going to last the whole season. Well, Tom, let me just jump in here, and we don't know the validity of any of those reports, but I think you got to look at it from a different perspective. And we've had a lot of people saying, you know, he needs new representation. He should have taken the deal back at the deadline last year. The bottom line is if you're Saquon, you got to look at it from this perspective, Tom. You're guaranteed the franchise tag. The franchise tag is fully guaranteed once you sign it. So if there's a chance you get a franchise tag two years in a row, you and your agent right. are probably doing the math. Well, what's two franchise tags put together? Meaning that you want guaranteed money in that ballpark. Do you understand? So when you read right. a report about what a team offers a player, you're not seeing the guaranteed aspect of that contract. So it's very oh, hard yeah. to make an assumption that a player is making a bad decision or a good decision if you don't know the full breakdown of the deal. That full contract is not guaranteed. So they're not looking at it through that lens. You're, you're, you're assuming okay. the $14 million is fully guaranteed. Oh, That's not how the contract you're right. works. You're right. You're right. I didn't, I didn't think of it from that perspective. So thanks for pointing that out. No, not a problem. Uh, also, um, real, uh, two other things real fast. Hey, Paul, do you remember someone holding up a sign in the 81 draft saying, let odd be your guard? I've been meaning to ask you this. Sure. Now. Sure. You do remember that? Okay. I yep. thought I was the only one. Good. Good. And also, Lance. Does BBK ever go off the air during the offseason? Because I'm really come to depend on the show. No, well, no. I mean, the only time we don't do a show is if the facility, for some reason, is closed or whatever it may be. I mean, we're a year-round okay, show. Right. Yeah, we've been year-round for last few years. Usually yeah. uh, during the summertime, sure. right before camp, the, the office will be closed on like four consecutive Fridays. So oh, that, yeah, that but we, I mean, we may still have a show. We, may, we still, may have a tape we, show. We don't know we yet. We may have a tape yeah. show. We okay, may not yeah. have a live show. We may yeah. have a tape show. But okay, uh, right, there right. are isolated instances sure. where we're not But, on. yeah, you, Tom, to answer your question, you can rely on this show 24-7 pretty much year-round. Yep. Excellent. Because uh, Giants TV is the first channel I turn on when hey, I come we, on. Hey, we, we certainly would echo those sentiments. We have no complaints <laughs> with that. We like your choice in terms of what you like to review and take in and yep. appreciate the phone call. Thanks for uh, giving us a ring here. Yeah, we've been like that pretty much for the last few years. It's truly actually amazing. Speaking of reminiscing, the caller was asking about the 81 draft. I mean, where this show started to what it's become is uh, – Truly amazing when you think about it. Oh, I know. And it's also a reflection of the NFL offseason. There is no time off. In terms of the league, there's an event. You and I have these conversations. They do a great job from a marketing standpoint, spreading everything out. 
Let's uh, head back to the phone lines. We got Wilson in Roxbury joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. And we know Wilson probably has some conspiracy theorist up his sleeve that he's dying to let us know. <laughs> he always does. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised the no, previous no, caller no, referenced no. the article. We leave that for Wilson. Wilson does the reading. He no. listens to sports talk and then throws it back at us to try to make sense no. of it. So, Wilson, no. we're dying to know what you were listening to and what you were reading no. over the course of the weekend. No, yes. No. No, no, listen. Hey, first thing, I uh, 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 hope you guys are doing doing good, both you guys. Uh, well, we're doing okay, but, but then yeah, again, no, no, ask no, us no, after no. your phone call. Then we'll truly know how we're doing. But go ahead, yes. <laughs> All right, so listen, so now that we digested, uh, you know, the draft and everything, I have a few um, crazy statements See? and a couple of crazy predictions. Here we go. My, cra- my first crazy statement is this. You can't call uh, the first game of the season a must-win. Against Dallas on Sunday night, it's a must-win. We sick and tired of losing to the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles anyway. But listen, if they win that game, it can propel the season. But if they lose that game, and if they lose that bad guy, it can, real, it can really derail the season. I, I, I believe that, and a lot of my Giants uh, um, buddies, uh, you know, we all, we all believe that. What do you guys think about that? Well, I completely disagree with it on many different levels. I don't know if there's enough time on the remainder of this show, Wilson, for me to fully <laughs> counter that. Well, here's why I disagree with it. See, if you were to come out and you were to say that you have to have a winning record in your divisional play games, I would say I absolutely agree with you. Because, right, Paul, look at the record against the division foes last year. Even though the Giants made the playoffs, it still it's, put them in horrible. a very tough position. Yeah, but so then how do you make the claim that if they, God forbid, lose to Dallas, that you don't have then five more opportunities to help balance the scales? That's right. my point. Right. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying that, that uh, because, you know, like I said, it's crazy to say that it's a must win in the first game of the season. But I really do believe that it's a must win. I really do believe that if they win that game, they, the, whole che- the whole season, they have a different outlook altogether. But why? But why that do they have a different outlook? So they can't focus on Arizona the following week if they lose to Dallas? That's your argument? Brian Dable and company will not be able to rally and get focused on the next opponent? Wilson, let me make something clear to you, okay? Even if you want to be a pessimist and say they lose to Dallas, (laughs) they could easily beat the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins and be 4-1 going up to Buffalo. Now, you wouldn't sign up for that today? If you had the opportunity yes, to, would. Of course I would. sure you would. Of course I would. But that also of includes the loss to Dallas that you just said is is chicken little. The sky is falling. Well, come on. I guess for I guess because as a, as a fan, it's going to be Sunday night. It's going to be it's going to be you know national television, and and they lose against Dallas. You know what's going to happen the next Monday? Oh my God! He's the same old giant. Ah, uh, see, he, he, see, there you go, reading the papers, listening to the sport. That's, he's that, he's worried. See, Wilson, oh, yeah. Wilson's oh. not worried about the game, Paul. Wilson is he's worried, worried about, about the, the local media is going <laughs> to be. Sick. He's preparing for the narratives that people are going to be talking about four to five months from now. And I thought you stress well, out let's... about things. Wilson may actually well, take the cake uh, from you. You know, Wilson. No, for I, what I, it's I, worth, I, okay, the Giants well, are twenty-three, thirty-one, and one. Okay, in career games on Sunday night football. Okay? okay. They're under five hundred. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if you if you want to stress from now okay. till kickoff against the Cowboys, no, no, I'm not. focus on that record and stress about well, how they might lose the game. Okay, I'm just trying to help you stress win. out. That's all. 
No, I don't want to stress out. That's why I called you guys so we can all stress out together. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> still in your own I, boat, okay? <laughs> Let's make that clear. I'm not stressing about anything at this point. All right, what else you got, my yes, man? What, what, other, what else you got? What okay, other listen, things can we work right, out so, here? So, so, all right, so, so listen, and, uh, to me, to me, I, I don't consider going to Buffalo and in, in New England like really road games. I mean, I mean, they're road games in, 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 you know, in the world road because you're on the road, but... To go into Buffalo and, and to New England, right? You know, I mean, when you can drive for hours, you know, it's it's, it's not like oh my god, you know, it, you should be you should be fine. I, I wouldn't call that like those are games. not like logistical nightmares. Games. No, though, logistically, those are, are are rather easy trips to make. That's true. Okay, go ahead. And and, and my last and my last thing, right? Uh, you know, because uh, and I want to and I'm going to quote the, the 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 great Al Pacino on this, Paulie. <laughs> It's, 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 it's a joke that the Jets have the six best odds to win the Super Bowl. It's, it's insulting to Giants fans. Not only that. Here we go again. You know, well, now at least and, you're an and, equal and opportunist. Now we're going after Vegas. We went after the local media. Now we're transitioning to Vegas. Please, yes. What, <laughs> no, what, what's no, the beef with Vegas? We're gonna yeah. play the, no, be, no, because we're going to play the Jets, right? And everybody, oh, it's, the, it's a great defense. It is, you know what? You know what the, the Jets defense is? It's a full gazing defense. They can never get Wilson. a. I, I, they Wilson. can never get Wilson. a stop when they need to get a stop. Uh, they, were, they were pretty Wilson. good last year. Wilson. So. Wilson, hold on a second now. You can't go ripping apart what? the Jets defense because they're probably one of the top five in the league. Now, what you can do, what? you can mock people okay. for having this tremendous confidence in a thirty-nine-year-plus-old quarterback okay. who is going to be yeah. behind a suspect offensive line who does have some injuries in his history and right now has a suspect running game. Okay? So okay. If, if you what? want to tell me that Aaron Rodgers may not even make it to the Giants game because he's going to get battered behind that offensive line and the Jets season oh, no. will burn into shambles, you can no. tell me that. No. But don't tell no, me no. it's because Paul, their defense is a Paulie, fraud. That's not going to hold Paulie, water here. Holy, listen, I'm praying to God. No, 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 no. When we play the Jets, I want Aaron Rodgers to play that game. Otherwise, like, you got to hear the Jets fans, oh, you beat us with no quarterback. No, no. Please, please, please let him be healthy till that day. Okay. Well, I don't think no we're wishing, wishing We're not wishing injury to anybody. Nobody's no wishing anybody to get hurt. Yeah. No, Wilson, th- thanks yeah, for the call, yeah, Wilson. We appreciate it, 201 We never want anyone to get hurt. But just to make this very, very clear, the Jets are banking everything on Aaron Rodgers to get to the Super Bowl. He is nearly 40 years old. Uh, he is not as mobile as he used to be. He has had injury history. Okay? And, by the way, a number of different body parts, not just one. He's had two concussions. He's got an offensive line that is suspect at best. And Bryce Hall, I know they're talking about maybe Hall, he's yeah. got a chance to get back early September. Uh, that's not a very reliable running game right now well, because you don't know what he's going to bring to the table. Sure. So Rodgers is going to have a lot of pressure on him, and he's probably going to take a pounding in the first half of the season. We'll see. I mean, time will tell whether or not that offensive line, which, by the way, I think struggled last year because of the injuries. Remember, they didn't have everybody at their no disposal. Doubt. Elijah Vera Tucker was sidelined. Makai Becton didn't play. So they're going to get some guys back. We'll see whether or not that comes to fruition. There's no doubt about it. The Jets' offense has question marks, whether Aaron Rodgers is there or not. But their defense, 
was extremely consistent last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost their final six games, but look at what the opponent scored. Minnesota 27, Buffalo 20, Detroit 20, Jacksonville 19, Seattle 23, Miami 11. You remove that Minnesota game, they held their last five opponents to 23 points oh. or less. You're putting your team in a position to win those games. No doubt. So let's no doubt. give the defense a pat on the back here because they do deserve it. That was one of the most consistent units in football. And last there's year. no reason why they won't be a top five defense. Well, the this core year. is coming back for the most part. So I'm with yeah. you there. I just have doubts about Rodgers. No, and, and listen, on top of that, Denver had a good defense last year. They brought in Russell Wilson, and look what happened there. Mm-hmm. Nothing is guaranteed in That's the right. NFL. Winning the offseason does not lead to automatic wins, okay? But, but you we know don't how need the Broncos is. or the Jets to use that as an example. Vegas is a very emotionally filled uh, entity. And so I do think a lot of these odds makers are giving the Jets fans reason for hope, reason for you know them to be a contender. And okay, let's assume Aaron Rodgers is the MVP type Aaron Rodgers that we've seen before. Hey, if he is healthy and plays that well again, okay, absolutely the Jets have a chance to go far. That's absolutely true. But would I want to bank on Rodgers being that guy under these circumstances at this point in time? Personally, I would not. I think that's a very big question mark. Look, they thought Favre was going to do the same thing for them. And what happened? Well, and They, they were actually, on their way, they, and then he got hurt. They had a very good start. I think they were like 8-3, and, and then and all then of a sudden lost. And he got yeah. hurt. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He got a shoulder injury, and... That's what brought his play down. And by the way, he was more of an Iron Man than Rodgers was. Yes, because Brett had not missed a game okay. due to injury. Aaron okay. has missed games due to injury. Yeah, Aaron has held up in recent history. I'll give you that. I mean, he's a tough guy. But yeah, you don't can't guarantee that a guy up there in age who all of a sudden is nearing 20 seasons of the league, anything could happen. And remember, the Jets have some question marks in terms of their depth chart to a quarterback. Remember, that was the Packers' problem. When Aaron would go down, there wasn't anyone that could at least... Is there any doubt that killed. if Rodgers goes down, that that ship goes down with him? Well, Come on. Take a massive hit. Well, But there are some teams that have maybe a good veteran yeah, but quarterback. but they're not. Well, you've got Zach Wilson with question marks. They brought in Tim Boyle, who actually backed up Aaron in Green Bay. Yes, that's why there's definitely some question marks. But that defense, that's not the place to criticize or question the Jets. No, if anything, not at it's all. on the opposite side of the ball. And as far as the Vegas odds, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure the odds were high for the Denver Broncos at this time last year too, right? Probably Vegas was thinking the Broncos were going to be, at least at worst, a wild card team. Push the emotions as much as you can yeah. and try to get the, 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 the betting public to sucker in. Yeah, well, that's what that's what they do. Listen, I don't know about you. I don't put a lot of stock behind Vegas odds. No, Remember, the nor do money I. Also, nor do I. that is being bet on a specific team shifts the balance mm-hmm. of the odds. Okay, mm-hmm. let's not forget about that. We don't need to go into a gambling lesson, but that's another reason why gambling should not dictate or tell you how you think a game is going to be played. Nor out. should fantasy football. The Jets haven't played a snap yet. Exactly. I know. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, welcome Thank to the you, NFL Pearson. offseason, Pearson. Thank you. Welcome to the NFL offseason. Because, by the way, when you play yeah. real football, you get hurt. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
The uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, by the way, with respect to week one being a must-win situation against a divisional foe, mm-hmm. I was just perusing some of the teams that made the playoffs. Cincinnati Bengals, okay? They play the Pittsburgh Steelers last year in week one, and Joe Burrow had probably the worst game yes. of his entire season. He had, I think, four or five interceptions, and balls were being deflected, and you know, you had an extra point block towards the end. They wound up oh, losing the, that game. The Bengals were being thought of as dead after that game. Remember? Yeah. It's like, oh my God, what happened to the Bengals of the previous year? They're, they just fell off the map. Somehow then, that did not happen. Now, and in fairness, <laughs> they wound up losing to the Cowboys in another close game the mm-hmm. following week. But mm-hmm. last time I checked, the Bengals did regroup and they ultimately made the playoffs. Yes, they did. So I wanted an example of a team because I know a lot of people will point to, and I'm sure if you look at the archives, right, they always throw this out. Teams that start 0-1 oh, or 0-2, right, the I chance know. of them making the playoffs oh, dip. Sure. And there's validity behind that, but that doesn't mean it holds true across the board. Well, That's my point. Facts are facts. That's true. Facts are facts. But as they tell you in the stock market, uh, history does not always repeat itself. It may be an indicator of what might happen, but there's no guarantee that it will happen again. Yeah, and that's why, with respect to divisional games, and I brought this up immediately with one of our most recent callers, after the season's over, you need to look at the divisional record because more often than not, that's an indication of whether or not you're going to have a good chance to get to the playoffs or most important, win the division. And we always talk about you've got to be minimum 3-3 three and three in the division. Ideally, you want to be 4-2. and two. It's almost impossible to win the division at 3-3-2. Three and three, two. I mean, We did this exercise, very few teams in the NFC East. So that, to me, is where you study the divisional games and you say, listen, if you want to win the division, you've got to handle your business in the division. But you drop week one against a divisional foe, it doesn't dictate and determine the chances of whether or not you can regroup. I said to Howard on Friday, the Giants cannot expect to win one game in the NFC East as they did last year and think they're going back to the playoffs. And that's my point exactly. However, Howard did come back and say, well, now that there are 17 games well, and I there's an extra game sure. out of the division, yep. your percentages of potentially pulling that off are increased. Well... Maybe they are increased, but they're still not very good. No, and I'm with Howard because I brought up that point too. The math is different now. It's 11 and 6 as mm-hmm. opposed to 10 and 6. So mm-hmm. you put a little bit more weight. But here's what I would bring up to Howard, and I'm sure you may have discussed this. It's about the tiebreakers, Paul. Okay? That's where it comes back to haunt you. And NFC games and divisional games are weighted higher than that extra game that he's mm-hmm. talking about, which is against an AFC Correct. opponent. So that's why it could really come back and influence the mathematics. I recall last year when the Giants settled for that tie against Washington at home. I tried to tell people the next day when so many were chicken little, the sky is falling. I was trying to tell people then, based on the way that the standings were breaking out, this will help the Giants in a tiebreaker. Trust me, this tie was very fruitful, very positive, and very good for the Giants. Much better for the Giants than it was for Washington. As it played out, that tie is the reason the Giants made the playoffs. By the time the season was over and all the smoke had cleared and you saw the final regular season standings, had the Giants lost that game instead of tied, they would have been left out. They would not have made it. That tie was the difference between them being a postseason team and not. Okay, you have to understand how the standings are breaking out, who the tie is against, how it affects the tiebreakers, and especially because it was involved in the conference and with a team that was going to be in the race, 
All right. When you looked at that Seattle game where the Giants lost and everybody said, oh, my God, that's going to kill the Giants. No, in reality, in reality, the Giants, because of the tie with Washington, put Washington on the outside looking in and wound up making it. Well, because they had half a win and half a loss, whereas Seattle didn't have that in play. But I'm talking about at the time of the Seahawks game, it's a completely different conversation because you figure it's going to get to a point where common opponents or NFC opponents could come into the mathematical equation. Well, there's no doubt that Seattle was in the mix there. That's true. But my point was, regarding Washington, that tie was always going to be a positive for the Giants. I knew from the second that game was over, this will be a positive. I told people on Twitter, I told people on the show all week, and there were people crying in their soup. Oh my God, this tie is going to hurt the Giants. No, no, it was a positive. All you had to do was look at the combination of teams who were in the race to understand that that tie was going to benefit the Giants. And it did. The lesson learned here, though, big picture perspective is NFC games, divisional games, hold much more weight than anything else on your schedule. And that's why you do want to prioritize, of course, winning in your division, but you could lose your first divisional game and then win your next five and you still finish five and one in the division. So how are we going crazy to say it's the most Mm -hmm. important game on the schedule? And I know players and coaches always tell you the next game is the most important, and that's because they need the mindset of staying focused. I get that, but... The bottom line is there have been teams that have struggled early on in a season and have regrouped. Look at the Lions, for example. Detroit started off 1-6 last year. Now, they missed the playoffs, but they actually almost had a meaningful game in Week 18, right, because of the 8-2 and two finish that they had. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that everyone should subscribe to a 1-6 start and feel good, but there's a reason why there's two halves to the season. Let me ask you a question. I asked the folks on Twitter this this morning, and 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Which of the 17 games is the most intriguing to you or maybe the one that you most look forward to seeing over the course of this upcoming season? Is there one in particular that kind of gets your fancy a little bit? Well, I'll never answer divisional games because they play them twice a year every single year. That's fine. So I always eliminate that. That's fine. Yeah, that's why I always look at games outside of the division. I would probably say the Buffalo game is a bit intriguing because of the Brian Dable-Joe Shane That's my game. And it's on primetime. That's my so game. that, to me, I think would probably top the list. The Buffalo game immediately, yeah. immediately when we knew that we were going to play them because of the rotation. We knew it was going to happen. Yep. It was like, okay, because of the Buffalo connection, we're probably going to get them in primetime. I felt all along that was going to be a primetime game. And we knew it was going to be in Buffalo. So the idea was hopefully the weather will be decent. <laughs> okay. That's the game that I immediately circled. Yeah. Uh, among all the non-divisional opponents. I mean, it's always fun to play the Patriots anyway because of the history. Yeah, you but, know, you know, with, but let's face it, the Buffalo game is the one that's got the juice. Well, and plus you got Josh Allen. You have a team that has been in the playoff conversation the over the last few years. storylines are incredible. Exactly. And, yeah. and the mind games, the chess match that we're going to see between those coaches that week. Sure. It's going to be Well, because Sean something. McDermott knows Dable. Dable knows Sean McDermott. There's a lot of carryover. It's Brandon going to Dean be unbelievable. And every single play of that game will be dissected as if it was a mastermind trying to outdo the other guy on the chessboard. Well, remember, it reminds me of, if you recall, when Baltimore came to MetLife Stadium this past season. And the big storyline was how much does Wink know Mm -hmm. about them? How much do they know about Wink? And that was a highly contested game. No question. You had a big takeaway late in the game that ultimately dictated it. So no reason to think that Buffalo can't play at least into the same storyline. Also, putting aside those 
connections. I think you also need to look at it through the lens of it's not too late in the season. And Buffalo, assuming everybody stays healthy on the Bills, is going to be a pretty good litmus test for the No Giants. doubt. So those no doubt. factors, I think, make it an attractive game as well. No doubt. And so, you know, it's ironic that I would not say the Jets because a lot of people would immediately say the Jets. Giants, Jets, regular season game. Okay, great. No, for me, it's Buffalo for all the reasons we just discussed. And, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, the one that kind of I circle as, boy, I really wish that they didn't have to play them is the game in New Orleans because the Superdome has been a house of horrors for the Giants forever. And Derek there have been Carr. some miserable, miserable games there. And Carr can wing it. Yeah, well, okay. that's what I'm saying. They got now some stability <laughs> under center. For years, Breeze was doing damage to the Giants in that building. And now they got Carr, and he's going to wing it too. So that that's a game I wish I could erase from the schedule. No, but New Orleans is another game, to your point, that perhaps has some intrigue because, you know, once again, the trouble that the Giants have had, Derek Carr now being in the fold, they've got a pretty good defense. I think they're an underrated group that is maybe overlooked by most. So Buffalo, New Orleans is in the conversation. I think the Jets by default is appealing because of the New York, New Jersey rivalry aspect. So, you know, I put that in the divisional grouping. You know that game is going to be something that everybody's going to talk about. So that's why I remove that. And here's the thing. If I had a better idea of what the Niners' quarterback situation was, I'd put that in the conversation too because you're going on a quick turnaround. I know they're still going to be out on the West Coast, but still, it's still a quick turnaround. You have played a game on Sunday, Mm -hmm. and Kyle Shanahan's very creative. The Niners have had a pretty good track record against the Giants. They have a really good defense, but I just, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Is it Trey Lance? Is it Brock Purdy? Is it someone else? So that's why I'd put that right behind Buffalo and New Orleans. If we're going to talk about maybe a top three list of games. Okay. Just wanted to throw that out there. I think we covered everything. With that being said, let's reopen up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. Manny, speaking of California, that's where he's located, and he joins us here on BBKO. What's happening, Manny? Hey, nice to talk to you, Lance and Paul. Great coverage of the draft. Thank you. Appreciate Uh, it. I'm, pr- I'm probably the only person, a uh, Giant fan, that's thrilled with the schedule because I've got th- three road games that I can drive to. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> Very good. But uh, I-, I did want to comment, you know, Wilson gets bashed not quite as much as Charlie and, and probably not nearly as much deserved as Charlie. But, but I think if beyond going, taking it one step further, I think what he really meant and what I would agree with the, the, the game against Dallas, the opening game, is not a must-win game. But likening it to the Tennessee game last year, winning that game after our history of losing in the first game to Dallas repeatedly uh, and not win our terrible record on Sunday night could really jumpstart the season. Losing it doesn't do anything. And if you look at the six games, barring injury, barring uh, the Eagles' Uh, not playing anybody in week 18, that's, other than the two Washington games, that's the most winnable game of the six. And if we're going to get to at least three and three, that's that's the game most likely to go our way. Sure, we could beat Dallas at, in, uh, in Jonesville, and we might be able to pull one out, or Eagles might have scrubs in, in the last game, and we easily win that one. But... If we're all playing on paper the way we are right now, that's the that's the most likely third win. Uh, get your comment. Well, you talk about the win against the Cowboys in the opener is the third most likely win within the division, just so that I have that straight? Yes. 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 The two Washington games 
I think are the most winnable. And the, the, because it's a home game, that's the third most winnable game of the six, unless the Eagles aren't playing their starters in Week 18. I suppose you're not totally out of line with your logic because as I look at the division, I still think Philadelphia has the best 90-man roster as we sit here today in the NFC East, and it's hard for me to imagine. I'm not going to just give them a sweep over the Giants, but it's going to be awfully hard for the Giants to try to wrestle a victory away from them. I hope that when we get to those games, I can tell you that I think the Giants will win. Right now, I can't say that, and until that, that team gets knocked off its pedestal, they are the best team in the division. So they've got the best chance to sweep the Giants of any of the other teams. I don't think very much of the, the Commanders. I think they are easily the last place team in the division. And I do think the Giants have a better roster than the Cowboys. That's just my opinion. So I would tend to agree with you. You, you think split Dallas and sweep Washington. There, there are your three wins. I could, I could understand the rationale behind that. I mean, the bottom line is I don't see that big of a drop-off between the Eagles and the Cowboys. I think both of those teams still are bringing back the core of their rosters. I mean, if you want to give the Giants an edge because it's a home game, sure. But, I mean, it's certainly no picnic. And remember, the Giants haven't beaten the Cowboys with Dak Prescott as the starting quarterback since his rookie year in 2016. So a lot of time has gone by where they haven't been able to solve the Dallas riddle as much as they've struggled with solving the Philadelphia riddle. But, I mean, the breakdown is fair there, Manny. I mean, you could argue a home game against Dallas maybe being the third percentage-wise best chance. Absolutely. But you know how things play out in this division. Yeah. There's, there's not much gibbies when it comes to the NFC. It's, it's still really all about the timing and who's injured and who's not and who's sure. playing who uh, at that given matchup. You know how that goes. Looks He's like gone. Lost many from that perspective. Okay. And the other thing is, too, with respect to the Tennessee comparison, I get it, the fact that the Giants had struggled in openers. So, obviously, it was nice to see them beat Tennessee. But I'm not a big believer that just because you win your first game that now the pathway for success for the rest of the season is that much higher. I I understand the point about last year's Tennessee game because it was a new coaching staff. Dable was trying to build a mentality and a philosophy and a confidence and a respect factor. And when he went for the two to beat the Titans opening day, it established a very quick crazy glue kind of bond between him and the players. And the Giants just took that and went sailing with it. So I, I agree there was tremendous value in that opening day victory in Tennessee last year. Absolutely, I agree with that. I don't know that there would be the same value in beating Dallas this year. Because Dable is now in his second year as a coach. He's already established that bond. You don't necessarily need that rocket ship of confidence that you had in his first year. Which, by the way, wasn't just his first year with the Giants. It was his first ever head coaching gig in the National Football League. Yeah. So there was a tremendous amount to gain by winning that game. Those circumstances are not here now. He's already been there, done that. You don't have to get that rocket ship of confidence and that rocket ship of trust and boost anymore. So while beating Dallas opening night would be great, it would not, in my opinion, hold nearly the same value that the Tennessee game did last year. Well, and also just to further extend your point, I mean, then again, if you're going to make an argument, though, even I agree with you that, you know, you were trying to prove yourself to the players, establish a relationship. You should there. have seen that bench. Oh, 100%. Oh, it was I remember unbelievable. it. But, I mean, they did wind up then losing to Dallas in week three, and Dak didn't even play that game. So mm -hmm. the carryover after beating Tennessee and Carolina didn't hold a lot of weight 
is it my point. It didn't hold weight in your one loss record, according to your stat sheet, but it held a lot of weight in that locker room and no, in this building. And I'm not disputing that, but but I'm looking at it. The, the caller's point was we were operating with wins losses, though. And what I'm saying is is that you then had a big divisional game early in the season, week three, at home again, like you have it here in week one, and you didn't win that game. So that's why I'm not putting a lot in percentage simply because you're yeah. looking at the roster. If you look so at it from a pure mathematics perspective, which is what you're doing, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, it makes no difference at all. It really does not no. impact anything. Every game is its own game, and there is no such thing as momentum when they kick the ball off the following weekend. I understand Because it's a that. different matchup, too. I understand that. I will go on their side of the fence, though, and tell, tell everybody that mentally and emotionally and, and, and psychologically, the Tennessee game last year was a huge, huge factor in the Giants getting off to that good start and eventually becoming a playoff team. Uh, that's not X's and O's. That's not numbers. Yeah. That's not paperwork. That's emotions. It's mentality. It's trust. It's respect. It's confidence. Those are all things you can't quantify. Well, and it did help a lot, especially out of the gate, in terms of having a close game early in the season and finding a way to win. No doubt. I think from that standpoint, it was a good early test. Okay, hey, and they did have to rally because it was a tale of two halves, but went down to the wire, you tested the waters with the two-point conversion, and then you were able to close out the game. So I think it helped from that standpoint. Yes. Beyond that, I don't know, once again, how much stock I put into, you know, the carryover effect. Because, once again, each week is going to pose a different challenge. And to counter that point, I would not mind thrashing the Cowboys by 17 points opening night this year. It doesn't have well, to be I don't be think a, the team would mind doing right? that either. It doesn't have to be a close game. No. They could just thrash Dallas. You don't get and that, points. So. And that would be fine. It's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, no one, <laughs> no one on that roster is saying, well, we can afford to lose to the Cowboys because we're not going to you know, worry about not being able to win the following week. That's not the oh. point of this conversation. The point is, it's just I think everybody puts so much into it. it's opening night, it's the first week, and this and that. And you realize it's a long season. And we've seen teams that start off, well, hold on, before you, how many times have we seen the Giants have a really good first half of the season, right? They go six and two. And then we've seen seasons where they go two and six in the second half. And they become eight and eight. Final thought. Well, Tom Coughlin's teams uh, towards the end of his tenure. And that's my point. Had swoons. Okay. So I think, how much I, think what, that I think, I think what has happened is during the latter stages of the last decade, when the giants were in the quicksand, many of those seasons, they had very disappointing week one games and it conditioned the fans emotionally to feel as though, Oh boy, got to have that first game to I try to turn the fortunes around. Yeah. It's it's all about emotions. We all know people overplay their emotions for week 1. It happens in every NFL city. But emotions don't win or lose football games. That's my point. I got you. It's okay. Yeah. No, I just wanted to make that clear. Yep. And and once again, just to bring this full circle, there's a reason why I brought the Bengals example up. They were 0 and 2 at the right. beginning of last year right. and they wound up making well, the playoffs. We know about 2007 also. There you go. Another example. Sure. sure. Absolutely. All right. That is going to wrap up Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And a reminder, today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. We'll be up and running again tomorrow at 1230 p.m. Eastern. For Paul Dottino, I'm Lance Meadows. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest. And we'll speak to you Tuesday right here on BBKL. Have a good one. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? 
Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.